I'm Sarah Zanbergen, and I'm the ambassador for Stance. And this is the Take Back Talk Back podcast. Our mission for this podcast is to open real conversations about women, finance, and confidence. At Stance, we want women to confidently take ownership of their finances through open and informative conversations, just like this one. I am thrilled to welcome our guest today, Katie Zepieri, to the Take Back Talk Back podcast. Katie is one of today's leading voices and thought leaders on empowerment. Through her work as a social entrepreneur, author, TEDx speaker, podcast host, and social influencer, Katie is at the forefront of conversations surrounding leadership, self-development, women, youth, mental health, and business for social good. Katie is the founder and CEO of Girl Talk Speakers Bureau, Canada's premier female speakers bureau, which represents women who are innovators in their industry. And Katie is also the founder and president of Mic Drop Marketing. Welcome, Katie, to the Take Back Talk Back podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming. And I'm so thrilled we get to do this. I have been a huge fan of yours since I saw you speak at uh, the Jam Factory in Toronto at an event for Toronto Business Babes. And I was immediately drawn to your energy and your message. And I left that event feeling really, really empowered. So this is, uh, this is a very cool experience for me. Yes, I'm so glad we get to uh, reconnect. And I love the mission behind your podcast. Thank you so much. I read a profile on you that described how you are arming the next generation with the tools they need to succeed. So to start out, can you describe that tipping point where you discovered that this was what you really needed to do with your career? I started speaking in in high school and really helping empower youth is where I started my career, was trying to give young people the tools that they need to be successful. And that involved helping them overcome barriers like self-esteem and body image and just some of the, the doubts and fears that can get in the way of having you pursue your greater goals, your dreams, and encouraging young people to not think that they are powerless at their age. The actions that they take, the things that they do matter. And so that was where it began. And it really just began with, with a personal interest in this space. And I decided, could I turn this into something that I could do as a career? And, and that's where I began my entrepreneurial journey. I think as I've continued to grow and evolve, and that's turned into different businesses now and different opportunities, that mission is still there. I just really believe fundamentally in this idea of empowerment. It's it's not just about inspiring someone. It's about giving somebody the tools and helping them, you know, help themselves rise to opportunities, rise to their full potential. Absolutely. And something that keeps coming back to me, we had um, Michelle Romanow speak at one of our launch events back when Stance started. And what you said just really reflects something that um, that she was talking about, that we don't fix a confidence problem by just telling people to be more confident. And like you're saying, you're giving them tools. You're really giving them those building blocks to to build that confidence because it's it's an inside job, really. So speaking of that job, you once said that one of your favorite parts of your job is getting people to talk about things that matter. And with money, it almost seems like that's a catch-22. Many of us aren't really comfortable talking about finance unless we're already knowledgeable, but how else do you learn that by talking about it, right? So how do we get young women especially to feel comfortable talking about finance? 
This is such a great question and topic. And actually, when we were running our Girl Talk Day, our like Canada's largest pep rally, and we were bringing in a thousand girls, you know, we really recognized uh, that having financial literacy as a part of our agenda for the day was so important. And one of the speakers that we brought on, Melissa Leong, uh, you know, an incredible thought leader and author in, in the personal finance space, she had such a great message to these girls and to these young women. And, and it was just really about start thinking about how you spend the money that you have. And it's all about choices. Like really, that's that's kind of what money allows you to make are different choices for your life. And sometimes it's about saying no to something now so that you can say yes to something even better in the future. And she just really did a good job of kind of planting those initial messages. And I absolutely agree. I think money is a topic that's been taboo, especially in female circles. And I think there's an opportunity to just change the narrative a little bit in the sense that money is ultimately it's a tool right like it allows us to do things i've also heard money described as as an energy really just in the sense of where you're investing your money or where you're spending your money contributes to the life that you're building for yourself and contributes to the person that you want to be and so i love implementing a discussion like that when you talk about like what money allows you to do and some of the freedoms that you can do. And it's a holistic thing. It allows you to build the life that you want. It allows you to help others. And it gives you the freedom to ultimately pursue those higher callings and hobbies and purposes that make you you. Yeah, that's such a great point. And it really does, you know, we talk a lot about money and emotions and what you're saying about money being an energy. And it is an emotional thing. And I think that we don't give that enough credit because our emotions really do impact our spending habits in a way that we probably ignore for a lot of the time. But maybe we really need to start amping up our understanding of that to to truly understand it better. So I love that. So you've been an entrepreneur for all your career. You became an entrepreneur six months after graduating university. And I think personally, often a way to learn about something is to just dive in and do it. So what did that move teach you uh, specifically about finances? Yes, I could not agree more with the statement of (laughs) jumping in and trying something is truly the best way to learn. They say, you know, once you kind of get out there and you experience your first tastes of, of failures and making mistakes and just going through this process, that's really where all this hard learning happens. One of the things that I've noticed even in female entrepreneur events I think that this talk of money should even be highlighted to a greater degree. We all want to talk about the missions of our businesses, but fundamentally, if we're not building recurring revenue, if we're not developing our business models, we're not even able to pursue those larger missions and visions. And because these topics aren't always uh, front and center, and because entrepreneurship has almost become really trendy, it almost paints this really sort of warped view of not only what entrepreneurship is, but how hard it is to find a business model that works. It paints this picture that things just sort of happen, and first idea that you have is going to be the one that goes. And 
from my experience, from the many women and men that I've interviewed and talked to who are successful entrepreneurs, that is not the case, right? It's much more of a you learn as you go. And from my personal standpoint, I had the biggest sort of wake up call when I started out because I my background was not in business. I studied radio and television broadcasting. I had not put the due diligence into really developing a thorough business plan before I got started. And, and when I say business plan, I think like a lot of times people just kind of want to check the box of, okay, like I wrote a plan. Like anybody will tell you that business plan almost always doesn't like stay <laughs> exactly how it sort of turns out. But I think just just like actually asking yourself these hard questions, like, Where's the sustainability factor in here? And it's easy to overestimate the target market size and overestimate your goals and financial goals and maybe underestimate the challenges that you're going to experience in, in sort of achieving those as you start out. So I definitely recognized that this was an area that I needed to do a lot of development in. And I've been grateful to look for advisors. That was one of the best things that that I did starting out was create an advisory board. And I asked people in my circle who had experience in a wide variety of areas that were beyond my knowledge and that I could turn to for advice and for guidance in terms of helping me be a better business person. Yeah. And, and I love that you know, vision of, okay, and it's really, yes, you might have a fantastic idea and you can't wait to get it done. And, but the foundation needs to be built first. So I think that's a really, really valuable, really valuable advice. With Girl Talk Speakers Bureau, I feel like you identified a gap and, and really sought to fill it. Young women are taught very differently growing up. And I feel like there's a shift, but there's still a lot we need to do better. What would you say to listeners out there who are parents, who are educators, or anyone who touches the lives of young people, and specifically young women? One of the biggest challenges that I see for the current teen generation, we are in an age of distraction. We are in an age of, it's very, very easy to be a passive participant in life. It's very easy to just use the technology that other people have created, use the social platforms that other people have created. And that is causing a, a many issues, one of which being even like attention, right? Like our attention is dropping. <laughs> our attention levels are, are the time with which we can kind of focus without being distracted by something is dropping. And for the younger generation, I mean, this is dangerous at any level. But for for a young person, these are such formative years. And I learned so much about myself, because a lot of my spare time outside of school was spent getting involved in my community, and getting involved in hobbies and getting involved in extracurriculars. It was being in the sports teams, it was being in the music programs and taking the lessons, the piano lessons, and it was running student council and, and planning of like all of these different pieces really helped provide me with additional skills and connections and, you know, oftentimes like portfolio pieces that kind of helped me reach the next level. So I really strongly recommend anybody working with young people, and it's the advice that I give when I'm speaking with youth audiences do not be a passive participant in life. And this is a decision that you can start to make now. You can choose 
to not just um, all your spare time be spent on more superficial and passive things or be spent looking at other people's lives. I mean, it's not a healthy thing to be doing, especially at that age where it's like you don't yet know who you are. You, you're trying to figure out where you're going to fit into the world and you can just get lost. Like, I mean, I can get lost in a rabbit hole <laughs> of going down a scroll, you know, um, storm. And I worry so much for, for the younger generation when they're spending more time on inputting kind of the superficial stuff and not enough time focused on outputting. What are the contributions that you're making? And that's really what I always go back to. I think, you know, if, if you're feeling uneasy, if you're feeling like you you wish there were some changes in your life, you'd like to see things different, you, you, whatever it might be, and that could be at any stage, always go back to this kind of inner reflection of, are the actions that I'm taking, do they equate and align with the person that I'm working to become? Because oftentimes you'll find a mismatch when you're feeling those feelings of jealousy or unhealthy comparison or large volumes of self-doubt. I mean, when you're busy doing and working and trying new things and focusing on your health and, and focusing on, you know, building you and, and who you are as a person, you have much less time to be caught up in all of these other things. And it works from an entrepreneurship perspective too, because you need to be bored. <laughs> you need to have adversity. You need to have like these sorts of moments to spark innovation, right? To, to spark you to do something and take action and think bigger and don't just use apps, create apps. Don't just watch other people go achieve their goals, chase your own. That, that would probably be the largest piece of advice that I have. And that's such great advice. And, and it's so true. And I feel like at that age, there's a huge amount of pressure as well. Hey, guess what? On top of everything else and all this insecurity that you're feeling and all these outside voices you're hearing and images that you're being inundated with, you also need to decide what you're going to do with the rest of your life. So good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt when I was young, you know, graduating high school and, and looking at you need to decide what you're going to be forever. And it's just, uh, it's a hard time. So guidance is, is so key. I would love to hear about how you've been able to experience your work um, impacting women, especially with, with, just with everything that you've done. I could, I could list it, but have you seen some shifts in mindset or behavior that you wanted to touch on that you think would be really helpful for our listeners? I was having a conversation with uh, some peers the other week. And these are peers who are maybe 10 years older than I am, are in a position where they have a, a few young children at home and are kind of in that next stage of life than where I'm currently at. And I, I thought it was really interesting to hear them say, that they've noticed that the relationships of today um, look different than how they remember it looking in their parents' generation. And they've noticed that the way that tasks, household tasks and chores and just day-to-day -day living child rearing, it's shifted in terms of how it looks uh, from previous generations. And they were saying this as like such a, a wonderful positive in the sense that there's a, a lot more shared work happening. There's a lot more divide and conquer 
of responsibilities in in the home front. And I thought that that was really powerful. I think uh, the the things that people are looking for in a life partner is is shifting and has shifted. And there's like a really interesting thing that's happening now where it's looking for just that. You know, I, I think that word partner is says something. It's looking for that equal partnership. And that doesn't mean that it's the same for every relationship. Each relationship is different, but there's a conversation that's happening and there's a balance and there's an agreement that's happening in terms of how these tasks and roles are, are going to sort of be distributed. And that's a really key part, uh, especially for women, when it comes to being a working woman, if that's what she would like to do. That those conversations, that partnership, that figuring out of the balance needs to happen in order for her to be successful. So I think that that's, uh, that's been an extremely positive thing. I also think that just the fact that there is a, a general awareness and there is an encouragement. I've seen so many grants and awards and programs that are really just trying to help give um, female leaders and entrepreneurs opportunities to to learn and to grow. And those have all been really positive things. That's fantastic. And I'm curious, in your opinion, do you think that this shift, this mindset shift, this behavior shift with couples, and I ask you this because it's always something that really sparks our interest at Stance. It's one of the things that got us going is that imbalance of confidence between women and men when it comes to finance. Do you think that that's going to improve overall confidence when it comes to finance to just kind of flip it on its head the way that things used to be? Oh, well, you know, potentially the male spouse is going to look after the money and the the female spouse is not. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I think there's something really empowering about knowledge and information, right? And I think it's it's a wonderful thing, even if in a couple, in a relationship, it does, it is a decision that, uh, you know, the, the husband will will be spending their time or their part of the role will be working on the finances. Like even if that is the decision that is made, it's very empowering to understand and know and have financial literacy and know about how mortgages work and, you know, know about saving and know about investing. Like that's a really, really key portion too, to, to at least like be empowered with that knowledge and you're choosing, you're making these choices for your family. That is what matters at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I I think like the more, the sooner that we can introduce young people to financial literacy, like this is just like, it's, it's the basic stuff that we need to be successful, you know, walking through taxes. I mean, the first, the first time of doing taxes as a, as an entrepreneur and that like, it's just like a whole other world. Like I felt like I was lost for a long time and you bring in your, you bring in your experts and you bring your team, but to know, to be empowered with knowledge gives you confidence. And that confidence is just going to help you be even more successful. And and ultimately, I feel fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that you're right. I really do. So I am a fan of your podcast, Together We Rise. And I feel like this is three small words, but such a powerful concept. And you've been doing this for a while now. I want to hear about your favorite moment over the past year where you really saw the impact of the conversations that you've been having. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This was like, (laughs) as soon as, (laughs) 
As soon as COVID happened, and it was really within a week, I was seeing people posting about their mental health online. And that was kind of what sparked the idea of let's create a space, let's have positive conversations, and let's do them daily. So, you know, essentially six days a week, we were showing up live and we were chatting to some incredibly inspiring individuals uh, that I look up to and admire, um, you know, from influencers to Canada's Minister of Small Business, the Honourable Mary Ng, to uh, athletes, to everything. Like it was just, it was a remarkable coming together and people were very vulnerable and were sharing, they were sharing their, their struggles, but they were also sharing their tips of how they rise above, uh, you know, feelings of anxiety or depressive thoughts or whatever it might be. <sighs> uh, to pick a favorite moment, Sarah, I, I, I don't know. But what I will say is that having people be vulnerable and sitting in each interview and getting that chance to creating a space for someone to just share like, I mean, people were very open and honest about their own mental health journeys, which I am so passionate about. And I think we need to hear more about how people overcome these struggles, because oftentimes they're in silence. And we don't know that somebody else is struggling. And we're just seeing their highlights on Instagram. And, you know, there's so many just different layers that we miss in the human experience. And so I love those moments of vulnerability. Those were my favorite because there was always people listening and commenting and would send me messages afterwards who just resonated and, and heard words that day that they needed to hear. Yeah. And, and, and I think that you, you brought in these moments that we really needed. And I, and I know that the ones that when I watched them, it made me feel less alone. And I think this is one of the wonderful things about social media. And, um, you know, I have, I have a bit of a, I think we all do have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it sometimes. And sometimes it feels like I wish I could just take, you know, a month off. But other times, and especially as someone myself, I live alone. So being able to reach out or just watch somebody have a live and have a conversation about something I'm passionate about and being vulnerable. And, and I, I, I feel like it's a Brene Brown thing to say vulnerability is your superpower. And I think that's really true. It, it really is. So I, I want to thank you so, so much Thank you, Katie, for coming on to the Take Back Talk Back podcast. And for those of you uh, who are listening, who don't already know what a force Katie is, where can everyone find you online? You can find me at Katie Zepieri, and that'll connect you to my other uh, businesses and our accounts. I will recommend that you follow at Girl Talk Speakers if you're not already. We're just launching a bunch of new content starting next week, including a weekly Women in the World series where we highlight female news stories from around the globe. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait. I'm already following, so I will uh, be sure to tune in. Thanks so much, Sarah, for having me. Thank you for coming, Katie. I really appreciate it. Something Katie said in our chat was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. To Katie, empowerment is helping people realize their full potential. This encapsulates so many things as we try to accomplish with financial confidence. Let's face it, historically, the subject of women and money has been taboo. And as Katie pointed out, it's almost negative to have a woman speak about money, especially our own. But there's an opportunity for us to change this narrative. Money is a tool that allows us to live our lives the way we want and we have control over that narrative in all our own lives. 
As more and more tools and resources become available and the financial industry evolves, we have the opportunity to really take the bulls by the horns and flip that script. Katie and I spoke more once the mics were off and she shared a story that I just loved. In the seventh grade, Katie had a teacher who gave the advice to plan her finances as though she was going to live alone and that that would make her more independent and self-reliant. I think that's incredible advice for anyone. There's a lot of things you can outsource in this life, but I'm not certain finances should be one of them. Gender roles tend to be so indoctrinated in us, and it really manifests itself in a lot of the ways Katie is rallying against. I know I've mentioned in previous episodes that I was told when I was young to marry rich or told that money was none of my business. There's a lot of little ways we talk about money to kids, and especially young women, that can be really damaging over time. And listen, you do not have to be the expert. There are resources out there to help you. And one of those resources is the people around you. Being an entrepreneur and a self-starter is awesome. But asking for support does not make you any less of a success. Thank you for listening to the Take Back Talk Back podcast, the podcast where we open real conversations about women, finance, and confidence. At Stance, we want women to confidently take ownership of their finances through open and informative conversations, just like this one. You know what we don't talk about enough? The sneaky ways we lose money. Everyone is always so quick to blame coffee, and I have to say I'm sick of coffee getting such a bad reputation. I love coffee. I live on coffee. Please don't come for my coffee. There's something worse. Account fees. So many of us pay up to 20 bucks a month just to have our money in the bank. I have a word that could describe this, but I work for a bank, so maybe I'll just say it's poppycock. There is an alternative. EQ Bank doesn't charge monthly fees, transaction fees, Interact e-transfer fees. There's no minimum balance, and you earn a high interest rate on every dollar. Skip the bank fees and have your coffee. Learn more at eqbank.ca. The Take Back Talk Back podcast is brought to you by EQ Bank, Money Well Banked. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of Equitable Bank. Any information provided is for information purposes only, and Equitable Bank makes no representations as to the validity, accuracy, or completeness or suitability of any content. You should seek the advice of a qualified professional or undertake your own research before making financial decisions. This podcast is produced by the phenomenal team at Quill. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify.